Welcome back to the Over the Border Podcast. I'm your host, Justin. This is episode 14. And before we start today's episode, I have a little note from Ryan, who couldn't be with be with us today because he's just, well, frankly, he's just embarrassed. So I would be too. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into it a little later, but I just want to, he left us a little note for us to read for him. Dear Across the Pond fans, I sincerely apologize for not being able to attend tonight's episode after my impressive 0-5 reverse sweep. Variants hit us hard. Tony Martial left United, and the Titans were an utter joke, but we maintained the positive vibes. We're on the hunt for a great bounce back week. Get in. Yours truly, Twig. Now, my takeaway from this is, guy's a coward pretends that he has to work late i think it's a joke but i'm in a good mood i'm here with kyle so we're gonna have a great episode anyway fuck him kyle how are you feeling tonight uh, i got some pretty mixed vibes you know coming off uh, what was an absolutely phenomenal weekend of football but at the same time that amazing weekend of football absolutely crushed me i had the bucks very heavy i had the bucks live at plus 200 I had the Bucks live at plus 400, and, you know, they were out of it, reeled me back in, ripped my heart out. And then the cherry on top, I had Bills pregame, I had Bills plus 200, and we all know how that went down. So down bad a little bit after that weekend. Mm. On the other hand, I'm a fucking genius. I mean, has there been anyone who's been more right about something than I was about the Titans? Like, has anyone been more right about anything than I was? They are a fucking joke, as Ryan said. I mean, it's nice that he cowers behind it now after he argued and argued with me. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of funny. He doesn't show up when the Titans get clowned, like I said, all season. And he goes 0-5. I don't know. seems kind of fishy to me. That's what I'm saying. Just saying. I, like, you got the guy, he's lucky he doesn't live in Ottawa because it would be very easy to fact check him that he has. So he's on call at work and... Ooh, he's got an assignment at 6 p.m. Come on, yeah, it's buddy. Yeah, it's just a funny day to uh, call in sick. You know, it's kind of like when you're a kid and you have a test the next day, all of a sudden you're not feeling well and you ask your parents to stay home. Yeah, my I don't know, I'm just saying, stay woke. Yeah. Stay woke. But anyways, let's get into this episode. Before we do, I'll give you guys a record update from last week's episode. I went 4-4. Four and four. I'm at. I'm hitting at a 48.8%. Ryan, 0-5. He's hitting at a 48.5% mark. Justin, 5-5. Five and five. He's hitting at a 48.9% mark. Overall, we went 9-14 last week. Not very good. Um, and as a pod, we're at 48.9%. I keep telling you guys we're going to bring it up. It's going to happen. I mean, last week, we can all blame Ryan. He went 0-5. But regardless, let's get into this episode. All I'm saying, Kyle said this off-air last week, and I'm going to bring it up now. We might not be delivering winners, but at this point in time, if you've been fading us, you'd be in the green. So, you know, take it for what you will, but we're giving people winners whether or if they fade us. So it's a, it's a version of a winner. You know what I mean? So anyway, let's get into it. I'm excited. So let's start off, as always, with Coast to Coast, recapping news across Canadian sports. We'll start with the NHL on the West Coast, as per usual, Vancouver. 18, 19, and 5. They finally, finally found a GM, uh, Patrick Alvin. That's a tough name. 
nailed it. Uh, he's going to be their new GM. And they actually named their first female assistant GM in franchise history in Emily Castonguay. Uh, so that's pretty good news or big news uh, out of Vancouver and kind of exciting to see uh, a little female face getting involved in the front office. So that's pretty cool. Uh, next, we've got the Edmonton Oilers. They're 20-16-2. and two. The Flames, 19-12-6. and six. The Jets, 17-15-7. And, and the Ottawa Senators are 13-20-3. I just want to say a quick piece here. Aaron Dell is a fucking scumbag. Uh, if you didn't see last night against the Sabres, he absolutely decked Batherson. Uh, if you don't know, Aaron Dell is a goalie, uh, so Batherson kind of got blindsided, um, and he went into the boards awkwardly. He's out eight weeks, and as of 15, 20 minutes ago, Dell got suspended three games after a hearing with the league. So fuck that guy. Disavow Aaron Dell. However... There's one positive, I guess, spin that you could put on it is that Brady Kachuk was announced as the replacement for Drake Batherson in the All-Star game. So with another man's, man's downfall comes another man's triumph, I guess you could say. Nailed um, it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope Batherson's okay. Uh, the Leafs are 25-10-3, and, and the dumpster fire Montreal Canadiens are still at the basement of the NHL, 8-26-7. Remember when they went to a Stanley Cup? Sonk joke of a franchise they are. Speaking of which, the Minnesota Wild scored eight goals against them the other day. That's a franchise record for the Wild. Things aren't good in Montreal, and they but they do look great for Ryan's butt buddy, Shane Wright, at first overall. So we will see how that all shakes out. I don't wish the best for Habs fans. However, Canada announced their Olympic roster. Kyle, do you uh, were there any notable names that... Uh, Pulled off the list? Uh, there's a couple. I mean, I'm still not overly excited, and I don't think I'll be getting up at 2 a.m. to watch many of these games no. because obviously the NHL players aren't going anymore, so it took a lot of the uh, excitement out of it. But a few players of note that cracked the roster. Eric Stahl, obviously a very notable NHL player, had a great career. He'll be playing there. And then a couple of guys from the World Juniors, Mason McTavish, Owen Power, and Devin Levi. So... To be honest, when it was released, it made me a little bit more excited than I was going in. But as I said, I don't think I'll be waking up to watch, um, where is it this year? Like China, I think? Yeah, I don't think amazing. I'll be getting up to watch non-NHL international hockey. But we'll see. Good luck to Team Canada. Obviously, want to see them do well. Yeah, I'm fired up. We'll see if uh, Devin Levi can continue his run from the World Juniors, the best World Junior team, to never win a gold, in my opinion. So see if he can uh, lock up the uh, the pipes for the boys, and hopefully they can bring home gold. But I'm with you not getting up at 2 in the morning just to watch some Spangler Cup team play in the hey, Olympics. Don't trash the Spangler Cup. I used to watch that all the time. I'm not trashing the Spangler Cup from a that tournament perspective. I'm trashing the Spangler Cup because that team should not be playing in the Olympics. You get right, what I'm fine. saying? Just keep the Spangler Cup out of your mouth. All right, all right. Well, let's get into some other news in the NHL. Uh, Yandel sets a new Ironman record with his 965th straight game played. So that's pretty sick. Witnessing history. Uh, congrats to him. And I'm not sure if you saw this, Kyle, but uh, off a shot, Ovi hit Leonard in the face and actually broke his mask. So I just wanted to bring that up because it made me chuckle. And I saw uh, a picture of the mask on Instagram and it made me laugh. 
Um, and exactly then why I would never step in the pipes ever. You have to be an absolute psychopath to be a lunatic, goalie. a lunatic. Um, speaking of Ovi though, he, it, him and Dreisaitl are right behind the league lead in goals. They're at 29, but Chris Kreider, kind of a, uh, wild name to be leading the league in goals this late in the season. Uh, but he actually is the first player to hit 30 goals this season. So if you've been hitting his goal prop, uh, Maybe keep riding. I don't know if the line's worth it anymore, but I'm sure that was super profitable for all you NHL prop gamblers out there that listen to this show. A couple of trade notes to mention in the NHL. Uh, Elliot Freeman has been reporting that there's some rumors that the Caps are looking to acquire uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. They've had some problems in the net, um, a lot of injuries between Samsonov and Vanacek. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Blackhawks are going to move him regardless because I don't really see the point of them keeping him. They're not going to make the playoffs, and you might as well acquire some assets for him. Personally, I think Edmonton would uh, be the best team to grab him because they need goaltending bad. But I think uh, we're definitely going to see Flurry on the move, and I'm looking forward to the trade deadline. The Caps are also considering Evander Kane. Obviously, he hasn't been signed yet. Um, so it's going to be... It's going to be something to see where he goes or if he ends up going. Obviously, the past two weeks we recorded, I think we thought for sure he was going to Edmonton. No deal has been done. Um, But yeah, we'll monitor that situation. Another team that's looking to make moves is the Philadelphia Flyers. They've said that basically everything is on the table come trade deadline as they have now lost 13 games in a row. I mean, that's just impressive. Still puts them way ahead of the... Canadians if that puts anything into perspective but anything uh, is on the table I think Giroux is definitely going to be a piece they're going to look to move his deal expires at the end of this year he'll become a free agent I kind of doubt that he's going to stick with the Flyers but we'll keep an eye on the Flyer situation Justin why don't you give us your NHL picks all right I've got four this week my overs actually went above 500 so my Hail Mary Try to paint. Just. Try to paint the board. Paid off. Uh, so we're coming back with four NHL picks. I've got the Lightning against the Devils. First period minus a half, so they just got to win the first period. Uh, that's at even odds. So I was telling Kyle before we started recording because he kind of was like, "Whoa, that's an odd line." I was like, "I just want to." I wanted to take the Lightning against the Devils because I think they win the game, but there, were, I didn't want to drink the minus three hundred juice or whatever. So. I found a way to get them at even, and hopefully they can win the first period. It'll be a 20-minute sweat for me. I'm also taking the Preds at the Oilers. Uh, they're at even odds. Kyle mentioned that he thinks it's a bit of a trap, but I'm falling right into it. And then I've got two overs. I've got the Sens and the Canes over 6.5. When the Sens can, when the Sens are hot, they can put the puck in the back of the net, but they still can't defend worth shit. So I think that that game goes over. I could see it being like 6-3 for the Canes. Um, and then I've also got the Canucks and the Jets over five and a half. Seems a little bit too easy to me, but um, the Jets can score. They've got weapons like Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. You know, I, I think they they're going to fill the net against the Canucks. And the Canucks have been uh, kind of an up and down team this year, but I think they can score uh, their goals. And I think that goes over with ease. Going into my picks, I've got two um, for Thursday night. One of them is also the Canucks and Jets over five point five. As Justin said, it looks a little bit almost too easy, but right now this is at plus money. I think you can get it at even odds, um, and I think there's going to be goals in this game, so I will gladly take over five and a half. 
The other game, I'm going head-to-head with Justin. I'm taking Oilers' money line. I think this is an absolute trap line. Public's going to be heavy to the Preds. This line seems way too close. Preds have been stumbling lately. Obviously, the Oilers have been stumbling big time. But they won a huge game in the Battle of Alberta. Um, They also made a huge comeback last night against the Canucks when they were down 2-0. McDavid scoring the game winner in overtime. I think they're catching a bit of momentum. And uh, I'll take them on the money line at plus 100 at home. All right. And let's move on to the NFL because Ryan the Coward has no picks uh, in the NHL this week. So a uh, couple of notes. Didn't have the time to copy-paste some of our plays, so it's no fact. pick for him this week. It's a fact. All right. So just a couple big notes here. Uh, Sean Payton stepped down as the Saints head coach. I'm hearing talks about maybe – you know, Mike McCarthy at the end of this year getting gas from the Cowboys. Sean Payton coming back to Dallas. I'd be in for that. Um, I, don't know. I think my call is that Sean Payton's going to step into a broadcasting role and make absolute bank. So that, that's that's my prediction. You heard it here first. That wouldn't be a bad move. I, I kind of like that take, actually. Him and Breeze in the booth, imagine. There you go. And then uh, the Bears hire Ryan Poles as their new GM. Got to be honest, I don't know anything about him. But we'll see if Chicago can turn it around. And let's get into last weekend, the, the divisional round. Was that not the craziest fucking weekend of football you've ever watched in your entire life? Yeah, I mean, the worst game, I would say, was probably the 49ers-Packers, and it was still a super exciting game. Every single game delivered, and every game almost got better after the other. It was, had you on your feet... You didn't know if you cashed a bet until the absolute last second of the game. Um, I enjoyed the hell out, hell out of it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, like you said, the the Niners winning was crazy. I mean, obviously I had the Packers as my lock of the week. And it was, in my opinion, one of the more boring games of the weekend or the most boring, but still crazy. In the Bengals-Titans game, I mean, like you said, you called it, but... Since day one. The... Cincinnati Bengals are icy. Joe Burrow marched the boys down the field for a game-winning field goal, and I saw on Twitter that McPherson took a few warm-up kicks into the net and looked at Burrow and said, or looked at somebody, I don't know if it was Burrow actually, and said, and I quote, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Nails. What a legend. Absolute nail gun. Like, it gives me goosebumps. Like, imagine being that cocky and not just talking the talk but walking the walk and putting your team through the next round so that was crazy and then sunday 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 the bucks were down 27 to 3 at half remind you of a game in the super bowl maybe a few years ago 28 to 3 anyway the game ended up being tied with 45 seconds left and i was with Kyle what a coverage what a crazy ending. The Rams ended up scoring um, a last-minute field goal on a like a deep bomb to cup. I mean, what, what were they doing defensively there? They blitzed him hard and left Cooper Cup in one-on-one coverage. With a safety. It was quite I mean, like you insane. Have the non-quarterback MVP of the league wide open in the most crucial part of the season. Just absolutely embarrassing. I mean... I can't be too mad because at the end of the day, the Bucks did not play well at all. I I thought Tom looked like 
a mediocre, even below mediocre quarterback the whole game. They struggled offensively for the whole game, but for it to come that close and they lose in that fashion, it was just heartbreaking. However, that wasn't even the craziest ending. The craziest ending to a football game we've ever seen was in the Bills-Chiefs game. There, In the last two minutes of regulation, there were three lead changes and 25 points scored with the Chiefs kicking a field goal at the end of regulation to send it to OT. And I got to be honest, Kyle, again, we were watching the games together. He looked at me and said, this game's scripted. It's going to OT, and Kelsey's going to score the game winner. And what happened? The Chiefs tied it with 13 seconds left on the clock. I even called it closer to that. I said it was going to be a pass to Hill, a pass to Kelsey, and a field goal to go to OT. I can't and confirm. just like that, it happens. I mean, I, I was trying. So right after the Bills scored and left 13 seconds on the clock, I was trying to bet the Chiefs. I had them live at plus 900. I was trying to put a bet in um, to at least kind of like hedge, um, hedge out on the Bills. Unfortunately, it locked, and all I could do there was watch it go to OT and see the fucking Bills lose the coin toss, and I just knew it was over. Yeah, I mean, it, it was insane. I, there's no other way to describe it. Like, I don't know if we're ever going to see something like that again, but uh, as per pardon my take, the league is in good hands. Um, but, you know, we still have... Uh, two games this weekend, so let's get into it. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game, another game. Um, the Niners are going to LA to face off against the Rams in a battle of California and then in the NFC Championship game. I don't have a pick to give out just yet. Uh, I'm I'm taking a side of this in my lock of the week. I'll uh, throw it to Kyle, and uh, we'll see what side he's taken. All right, well, this game's pretty interesting. Um, you know, when you look at the history of these two teams, Shanahan's kind of had McVay's number in the past. If you look at the two rosters, I think you'd say that the Rams are more talented than the 49ers. They got a lot of guys. 40, they have a lot of guys, exactly. But, you know, the quarterback advantage is clearly in the Rams' favor. However, I'm still not convinced about this Rams team. I don't know. There's something about them that doesn't have me overly convinced, even though I'm sitting here with a 16-1 Super Bowl ticket. And for that reason, I'm going to take the 49ers plus 3.5. I'll gladly take the points. I think regardless, it'll be a close game. These are two coaching geniuses. It's going to be a very well-drawn-up game. Um, and uh, I'm purely just taking the points here because I'd rather have plus 3.5 than you know minus 3.5. Before we move on, Ryan will be taking the Rams minus two and a half. I don't know where he got that line. He must have bought a lot of juice to get it. But he is taking Rams minus two and a half purely because I'm on the Niners. So good luck to him. Let's go Niners. All right, moving on to the AFC Championship game. We've got Joe and uh, the Cincinnati Bengals headed to Arrowhead uh, against the Chiefs. I think these are two high-powered offenses. Um this the it's the biggest spread of the weekend, obviously, at plus seven or minus seven, depending on how you look at it. But I'm taking the Bengals plus the points. I think that is a big spread. Um, I don't know if the Bengals defense is going to be able to hold up against the Kansas City offense, and they're obviously clicking. So we'll see. But for that reason, I'm also taking over 54 and a half in this game. I think there's going to be a ton of points because the Bengals have a lot of offense 
offensive firepower. Uh, obviously, so do the Chiefs. And I don't think that the Bengals secondary is very good. And obviously, KC also has a ton of weapons. So I think they're going to both teams are going to be able to put up their fair share of points. And I think this game goes way over. Way over might be a stretch, but over. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there. My only play is going to be over 54 and a half. But at the same time, I feel like I'm kind of walking into a trap with this. I think everyone is going to be hammering the over. It's going to be a very public play. And, you know, those never seem to work out. However, I felt the same way against the Chiefs and Bills game. And obviously that game went way over. So I'm going to go with the over because I don't want to be watching this game with the under. It's going to be exciting. You know, it's going to be the Jamar Chase Burroughs show. And uh, obviously Mahomes has a number of weapons in Hill and Kelsey. I think it's really going to come down to how well the Chiefs can shut down Chase because that's where a lot of their offense is going to come from. Um, But I don't know, looking at this game, Bengals plus seven, that seems like a very square pick. No offense, Justin. But I just, I don't know. I feel like we could see the Chiefs blow them out. But maybe we'll get blessed with another great game. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. Sorry, I I just want to jump in here again to rebuttal against your Bengals being square. I I agree. I think I think that the Bengals are either going to get blown out or they're going to cover the spread. That's... Yeah, no, I don't I, I agree with that take. But with that logic, I kind of feel like it might be like they win or they get blown out. Mm-hmm. So maybe you sprinkle a little bit of that money line cuz you're probably getting some nice juice on that. I don't hate we'll that. Say. I might actually I might actually add that to my card. Give me the Bengals money line. There we go. I love it. Before we move on, Ryan, of course, has a teaser ready for this game. Chiefs minus one and over 48 and a half. God loves his fucking teasers. All right, Kyle. It's about that time. What other leagues are you betting on this week? All right. This week, we've got a play in the NBA and in college basketball. First in the NBA, we've got 76ers money line against the Lakers. The Lakers have been a horrible team to bet on this year. Not very profitable at all. 76ers are always reliable. I'll gladly take them at a pick'em. And that's pretty much all we're going on here. I don't think the Lakers are a good team. 76ers are consistent. And so 76ers money line. Moving on to college basketball. We've got one play. We're riding with 16th ranked Ohio State. Minus six against Minnesota. Minnesota has a pretty good record, and this is a big line. And for that reason, I think it's going to be a lot of money coming in on Minnesota. But I like Ohio State a lot. I think they have a great offense. I think they're going to put up points here. And so I will take them at minus six. All right, let's jump into the listener pick segment. And might I add that the wait list is growing. Take it away, Kyle. Yeah, it's definitely growing, and congratulations to John and Shane, who both got a dub. you love to see that. It seems like a lot of the time the listeners win together or lose together, and going off of that note, John and Shane are both rolling with Bengals plus seven. I called it a square pick, and lo and behold, both our listeners have it plus seven. This will be an interesting week. We might see two new listener picks, or we might have a streak going. Good luck to them both. Bengals plus seven. I just want to say that uh, John was in my DMs last week. He was saying um, when he gave me the Bengals plus three and a half, he was saying, watch this. I'm going to go on a run. 
I'm going to be the guy that you guys want to go on a run. I'm going to be the guy. So let's see if he can back up all that talk with another winner. And let's see if he can actually go yeah, on a I'm run. Gonna, so obviously I love, I'm, I love the confidence from it. Yeah, me too. Obviously I'm rooting for him as I'm on the same side. So uh, yeah, good luck to you both. I'm just waiting for somebody in the bankroll or sorry, not in the bankroll and the listener pick segment to pick something besides the NFL. You can pick anything you want as long as it's not uh, the night we record. So for you listeners out there, I want a non-NFL pick because we're getting close to no NFL anymore. Pick something else. Be creative. Could be anything. Could be Australian Open tennis even. You know what I mean? All right. Could be cricket. That's a fact. Switching gears now. Let's get into the $100 bankroll challenge. Uh, I'll just quickly recap last week. <sighs> One and four Ooh. minus fourteen fifteen. That's uh, that's me. Uh, I'm sitting at sixty two ninety eight left in the br. It's tough Oof. out here. The anytime TD strategy didn't pay off. It is what it is. Um, Kyle went one and one, but he went heavy last week, so he is sitting at plus twelve seventy three on the week, and that brings his bankroll to sixty nine oh one. Very nice. Very nice. And then Ryan went one and two, but he also went heavy, so he lost sixteen dollars and thirty eight cents, bringing him to a bankroll of a hundred dollars and ninety seven cents. It's and just an open race. That's like, a, it's that, week by week. Yeah. We're barely hanging on. Someone pulls ahead, they come back. I have no idea who's going to win this thing. Yeah, me neither. Uh, let's just stay with Ryan here. I'll give out his picks because. Honestly, he's not here, so I'm just going to rattle through them quick because nobody cares. Fuck you, Ryan. Just kidding. I love you. Uh, so he's got $5 on a little cheeky parlay here. I'm sure that's what he'd say. I got a little cheeky parlay for $5. I'm Ryan Simons. Uh, I'm taking over 48.5 uh, in the Chiefs game, and then I'm also taking the Rams plus 2.5. Um, so that's his $5 parlay at minus 110. Well, we're going across the pond for this one. <laughs> uh yeah, we're going to we're going to go across the pond. Uh we've got Fulham money line and Derby DC uh double chance minus 122. That is the second div in England. Uh so yeah, let's uh let's go let's go Derby. Derby. Um, <laughs> and then finally, he's got $10 on Travis Kelsey anytime TD at minus 137. Getting into my picks. Uh, I'm going to ride with Chase Anytime TD for $5 at plus 102. I'm also adding the Lightning first period minus a half at even odds. Uh, that's for 10. And then I've got the Bengals and the over parlayed um, at plus 250. And then I've got $5 on the money line of my lock of the week. Keeping it simple this week, I've only got two plays lined up. I went pretty heavy last week. But we're going to cool off because I might just wait these guys out to see if they can lose more. We've got Canucks money line plus 145 against the Jets. I think there's a lot of value in this. The Jets haven't been very good this season. Canucks haven't been great, but they've been better than most expected. And I see a lot of value in plus 145. And for my second play, I'm rolling with $10 on the Chiefs. Minus 6.5 at minus 120. I'm buying the half point. As I said, I think that the Bengals are a pretty square pick, and uh, I kind of see the Chiefs blowing the doors off the Bengals. Now for everybody's favorite segment, the lock of the week. 
And we had a historic moment last week, and not on a good note. Everybody lost. We got reverse swept, 0-3. Ryan, Kyle, and myself all catching an L, bringing our records to I'm at 8-5, and five, Ryan 6-6-1, six, six, and, and Kyle is 7-6. and six. But let's jump into this week's picks. We're changing the vibe. We're looking to sweep the board this week. I'm riding with the Niners plus 3.5. I don't know. I'm with Kyle. He said it earlier. Uh, the Rams. I don't think they're. I don't know why, but I don't. I don't love the Rams. And Jimmy G has gotten them this far with subpar quarterbacking play. So if he can even just take one step up, I think that will completely change the Niners. Um, they've got a lot of weapons. Debo Samuel has been playing unreal. Kittle's been doing his part, and their defense is just tough. And I think they're going to wear down the Rams. And I think they're going to cover the three and a half. And Kyle mentioned to me on Sunday when I actually when the line came out for this Sunday night, he said, "If you like the 49ers, I would jump on that line right away because the line is going to probably shift and you might lose the hook." So I got three and a half at minus one fourteen. It is already at minus one twenty. So I could see that line closing at plus three or plus two and a half. So give me the Niners plus the points. My lock of the week, I am staying away from the NFL. I think it's too hard to bet on in the playoffs. It's difficult to bet on as is. And so instead, we're going with college basketball. I've told you guys this is the best sport that I bet on. I'm very profitable in it, even though I don't know a thing about it. My lock of the week, we're going to roll with Iowa, plus 2.5 against 6th-ranked Purdue. Purdue has been riding very hot lately. Um, and I think it's going to be a big letdown spot for them. They're playing a tough Iowa team who, although they are unranked, will be a tournament team. They've got some big guys that make plays. I think they're going to give Purdue a very tough time. And so we're going to take the public fade of Iowa plus two and a half. Yesterday, I learned the difference between a train and a boat. I wrote this song before that. Train on the water, boat on the track. Train on the water, boat on the track. My lady took a train across the Atlantic. I hope it don't sink like the Titanic. And then finally, Ryan is, of course, across the pond with Lutton and Blackburn, both teams to score. Thank you all for listening, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OverborderPod. Life's a, Life's a gamble. Why not throw the house on it? Oh.